Good morning, afternoon, evening, and or night. I'm Ryan. I'm Daniel. And we are your small town nerds. Hi, Ryan. Hello. How, how goes it, my guy? It, it goes better now. Now it goes good. It goes good. Why is it so much better now? Because we're recording. I mean, I guess that's a good point, but there's definitely a few things in the world that might be even more exciting. Probably. Yeah, like, oh, I don't know, watching She-Hulk or uh, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, the uh, the reboot, House of Dragons, I not wish. reboot. Uh, Prequel. Yeah, the prequel. All sorts of things that might be more exciting, but probably aren't because you and I are obviously just the most charismatic people in the entire freaking world. That's sarcasm. I I don't know what you're talking about. I would never be sarcastic. You're lying. Anyways, welcome back, everybody, to the Small Town Nerds Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things nerdy. Danny, you said you were all right, but uh, something was obviously wrong. Um, I checked. I checked my phone. It was, I think, 10 a.m. on Monday. And lo and behold... There was no podcast to listen to what happened. You well, job. well, you see, uh, as you know, we did take a break for yes. a pretty good while. I- I'm aware. I'm aware. And I'm sure that our listeners might be aware. Maybe they aren't, but we took a break for a while. And with that break, uh, it was, since we were gone for so long, most of our feed links that attached our host website, Podbean, to other uh, listening platforms such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, all that good stuff, uh, those links kind of became voided. So, I kind of rushed to get stuff made available as soon as possible. I was, uh, you know, rushing through my phone, doing all sorts of stuff while I was on break uh, for lunch at work. And now I'm happy to say that we are uh, available for sure, without a doubt, on a lot more than just Podbean, our podcasting host network. So we're also available on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Player FM. Plus, I think some more, but I don't want to say for sure because I'm too lazy to actually look. Uh, so there's that. Yeah. That sounded like a lot of nonsense, really. All that they need to know is Podbean and Spotify. And the, the link should be up and running now, so whenever we post, they should go up right away on time on Spotify. On Podbean, they worked automatically because it doesn't have to outsource the links to any other sources. So if, for whatever reason, we screw up again and it's not on Spotify at the correct time, go on Podbean. They're free. They're accessible. They're right there, and you can listen to them as we drop them. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Uh, I actually decided to listen to it on Podbean uh, while I was at work because Spotify wasn't working. I assumed that there was just some kind of lag between the two sites. And, you know, I'm so narcissistic. I just want to hear my voice all the time. So, yeah. Anyways, though, uh, yeah. we're back. Well, we are back. Yes, we are back. But there is one more thing that we kind of have to ex- explain. Because last week, um, in episode two, we had done a whole thing about House of the Dragon. And I'm assuming, judging just based off the, off the title, we will not be talking about House of the Dragon today. And there is a reason for that. There is a reason we didn't forget. We didn't screw up anything. Well, we did. We just screwed up our dates. So, Blame Ryan. Okay, Ryan, yeah, y- two things. Okay. Well, yeah, pretty self-explanatory. 
What day is the release of House of the Dragon premiering? House of the Dragon comes out on August 21st, Sunday, oh. August 21st. Now, the okay, problem is and- we record on Fridays, we release on Mondays, and as of our recording schedule right now, we record before the episode would, were to drop. So when we were when we recorded episode two, for whatever reason, I thought that we'd be able to watch House of the Dragon before recording episode three. That's incorrect. We are recording episode three currently, um, and episode one of House of the Dragon hasn't came out yet. So you guys are going to have to wait until next week. Sorry. I don't think people are going to be that terribly heartbroken. I mean, they might be, but it's only going to be I'm like... I'm heartbroken. It's only going to be like two or three people that actually listen. So I think we'll survive. They might I survive too. But as long as I survive, that's week. all that matters. I, I Plus, it'll, it'll give everybody time to watch the episode, watch it a second time, maybe even a third time, watch some YouTube breakdown videos, watch some spoiler videos, process it properly, and then come to us for our, our oh-so-useful review yeah yes. yeah exactly yeah. uh and ryan yes. i know that this isn't on our uh schedule of things to talk about Uh-oh. today but Game i just wanted to leash. say yeah uh i just finished listening to the book ready player one by ernest klein for like the 12th time okay have you read that before i have not do read it it's it's one of my favorite books that's it it's it's a great book the movie is okay too but it's it's just a really good haven't seen the movie movie either actually uh so if you haven't read it or listened to it on audible uh will wheaton does a great job of reading it to you uh so you know check it out we're not sponsored or anything i just i really really like that book only Uh, but anyways getting back on to uh our quote script unquote it's really just an outline (laughs) Our, our, our scheduled events that we are supposed to talk about first and foremost on which uh, okay this surprised me i stayed up tuesday night into wednesday morning at 2 a.m expecting for she hulk episode one to drop at 2 a.m on wednesday as all the other shows have been and then yeah. i look up and find out that it gets released on thursday yeah i saw that it got pushed to thursday like two weeks ago yeah i didn't know that uh so yeah ryan r.i.p to your sleep schedule but uh <laughs> yeah so i stayed up uh to prepare for she hulk Found out it gets released the next day, so I had to stay up again the following day just so I can catch it. And catch it, I did. Daniel, I'm assuming you watched it. Oh, of course I watched it. I watched it after I got home from Milwaukee yesterday. And um, how about those thoughts? I'm curious to see what you say before I say anything. Well, according to Marvel Studios, I think it's their Facebook account, uh, She-Hulk is one of the funniest mcu shows ever made and let's just say not a lot of competition that's i'll give them that there's not much competition can, can i didn't laugh it? all that much i mean i kind of smirked a little there were but... some times okay okay Let, let's take a step back before we start roasting the show because i have a feeling that's what i'm going to be doing um before we do that let's take a step back and talk about some of the good things okay because I'll admit there were some things I enjoyed. All right. Uh, first and foremost, the CGI was not nearly as bad as I had feared. Yeah, no, they definitely had a lot of time to get it cleaned up yes. and look more professional. Did it still look a little bit, I don't know, rubbery, PlayStation 4 graphics-y? In a yes. couple of scenes, sure. But did it look horrible? 
No. It, it did not look nearly as bad as I feared that it would, especially after like the the teaser trailers came out, and everyone was just roasting the show online about the CGI. I don't think it looked that bad. I thought it looked acceptable. It looked like a Marvel TV show, and yeah, exactly. I'm fine with it. Um, the other good thing that I will say is that the chemistry between um, Jennifer Walters and Bruce Banner slash whatever, Hulk, Mark Ruffalo and whatever the other and Tatiana name Maslany. Is. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's it. The chemistry between the two characters was actually pretty good. I enjoyed it. It felt like they were friends and and cousins or related or whatever their relation is supposed to be. I thought it was realistic and enjoyable enough. So I'll give them props for that. I will um, also say uh, I kind of I did like the the teaser for what could end up being uh, World War Hulk or whatever else it might be. Uh, Planet Hulk, that's what I'm trying to think of. Oh, uh, oh I, I suppose the, before we before we before we get really into uh, too far in depth, there will be spoilers. So well, obviously, I mean, this is warned. also coming out like a week and a half after it. Yes, but some out. people aren't are up to date, and maybe they're not prepared for spoilers. But you should be. Okay. Don't w- don't don't listen to the show ever if you're if you don't want spoilers because okay. we will spoil everything. And I will also say, uh, I think that this t- uh, sort of setup thing was actually featured in like a TV spot or a trailer or something. Was it? I think oh, so. Actually, yes. I think I think they did release like a a clip of the whole how she got her powers yeah uh situation i did not watch that uh i saw a screenshot of the uh, of the ship uh so you know i figured that's what it was about Mm -hmm. um but yeah so i guess her origin's kind of something uh well her origin isn't something the implications behind what could have caused the her origins is kind of cool yeah you have to go down the rabbit hole to find the cool part. I thought her origins itself were a little, maybe a little lazy, a little rushed. Yeah, like, oh, he's but bleeding it, and she had an open wound. And instead and of getting... And she just instantly transforms. Yeah. It's just instant. I mean, Hulk also instantly transformed, but that was through, like, a super wacky science yeah, experience. Like, I, guess, I don't think wacky is the word No, it wasn't instant. I, it wasn't, I think it was okay. instant. So he was bombarded with gamma radiation, and then the Hulk came out to save him from the lethal dose. Uh, so it was it was pretty quick. Yeah, but like she transformed, like she, the drop of blood goes in, and then three seconds later she is She Hulk. Okay, yeah, from a single drop of blood, it should take more than the ten seconds or whatever they showed in in the show. Well, if it if it goes into your left, okay, I'm getting kind of technical here, but if a drop of blood goes into your left arm, how are your veins on your right side? automatically turning green magic bullshit yeah uh was it the best main marvel show so far absolutely not um i think it is only episode one though it is only episode one so i'll cut him a break but so far i'm not i I was excited for the show you know i thought it was going to be a fun campy uh sort of comedy lawyer show and Mm -hmm. it was it was another something different from marvel and it is different but I yes. don't think that it is getting pulled off as well as it could and or should be. Uh, I think I think episode one just it was just lazy, I guess, is is the word I want to use. Because all it really did, it did a lot of uh, tell, not show. 
when in a TV show you should show, not tell. Like in any when, media. Except, well, I guess books you kind of have to Books tell. are a little different because you have to tell because you can't really show in books. But so, in a TV show especially or in movies, you show, you don't tell. So if you say that she's always angry because she has to deal with a lot of outside influences don't just say that in a single sentence and then never bring it up again show that earlier in the episode like i thought they were going to do that in the opening scene where uh her lawyer co-worker was just kind of an ass i thought it was going to be kind of like oh she gets berated or there's a whole bunch of just a-holes around her that just kind of bring her down and that's just her building up a thick skin but then later on in the show she just kind of says yeah they're mean so i'm good at controlling anger yeah uh i just thought that was lazy and i will say i don't know i can't speak for you and i you haven't seen the star wars movies have you um everything up to episode seven okay so you haven't seen seven eight and nine i've seen seven okay so haven't seen eight i've seen the last hour of episode nine Okay, so my biggest problem with the sequel trilogy of Star Wars is Rey. I do not think she's a good character, and it's not because she's a woman, it is because she's just handed all these powers and she doesn't have to work for it at all. You know, there's no arc where she's learning to be uh, powerful with the Force, she just instantly knows how to do everything, and I hate that. And well, I, I mean, I hate that with any character. I, any I don't character, care yeah. who you are. If if you are just given powers and you're automatically good at it, it's it's BS. No one's that good automatically with powers. I don't care if you're Luke Skywalker. I don't care if you're Thor. I don't care if you're She-Hulk or the Avatar or anyone. You don't get powers and are just instantly good at it. You have to work and you have to train. That's the point of character development. And She-Hulk in this show gets her powers and within a day is going toe-to-toe with the Hulk and beating him up. There is no world that She-Hulk should be able to beat up on the Hulk. So if you had to guess how long the amount of time she was in Mexico was, what what number do you think you would put out there? Like how many days? Yeah, how many days? A weekend. A, a weekend? Well, because she said she had to go back to work, so it's not like she's been gone for weeks. True. Because obviously that, that would be an issue. And she just goes back to work and jumps right into this lawyer case thing again. Or I guess that was like a flash back for- to forward. So disregard that. But uh, I can't imagine it being any more than a week. And that is yeah. not enough time to no to no. be able to, you know, fight the Hulk. Yeah. No. Just, no. I don't care if you're smart, smart Hulk. He launched a rock into orbit. No, There's it didn't no go way- into orbit. That thing disintegrated. I saw, I saw some funny edit that um, when Hulk throws that boulder out, it cuts to Jimmy Neutron's dad <laughs> walking outside of his house. And then he, there's that scene where he sees that two-ton space rock flying at him. I thought that yeah. was a clever edit. That, that was funny. But, yeah, there's no – also, she gets into a Jeep, and she hits the Hulk and then drives around a corner, and the, and the Jeep throws the Hulk through rock. What kind of a Jeep can do that? I don't know what to tell you, Ryan. The Jeep is an all-terrain vehicle. That thing can drive on the road and in mud. It's uh no. I just think yeah, I think it's... a lot of the episode 1 was just lazy writing and a lot of tell and not show. I think Tatiana Maslany's portrayal 
of Jennifer Walters is at least charming and charismatic, unlike um, other characters we have had thus far in the MCU that we've had similar issues with. Uh, yeah. Carol Danvers, not name-dropping, but maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm hoping it gets... Oh, also, the final battle in the courtroom, the editing was so terrible on that. I know that Marvel does have a habit of, you know, making lots of, of cuts, cuts mid-battle, but that's more so that just so you can you can see better and experience yeah. the fight like you're actually there more so. Well, I guess not actually there if the camera's going from one angle to another, but it's just so you can experience it yeah. in a more detailed manner so you can actually feel the power of this punch that's coming through or whatever. But with this, is it, it was like it was cutting away from all the action. Yeah, there were, there were five cuts in two seconds. Yeah, and so I, I don't know if this is because, you know, they're showing in time know, showing it in a way that it's like uh, Jennifer Walters is avoiding action and fighting and everything right I away. And maybe at the just, end of the show, it'll actually it was just bad editing. be a demonstration. It'll I be think, a better I demonstration think was, at the end, I hope. I think it was just a time constraint, like on the post-production side. They had some scenes that are like, uh, we just kind of have to slap this together, low budget, low time, cut, 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 smush, here you go. Here's a fight scene where this villain busts into the room, She-Hulk throws a bench at her, the villain jumps at her, She-Hulk punches, and that's it. Yeah. And uh, that's it. I mean, I will say that I did enjoy this a lot 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 more than i enjoyed the single episode of supergirl that i watched <laughs> well that's not a, a high bar true girl sets the bar pretty low that is that's valid and uh but yeah i think i think that the show does still have potential was i let down by their premiere yes. definitely but i'm excited to see where it goes am i going to continue the... watching obviously episode one premiere was a little bit of a letdown for me i am still hopeful Again, because I think the characters are charismatic, and obviously I want to see more Hulk, Wong, and Daredevil, which I'm very excited for. And Not sure like, how they're going to tie it in. I hope they don't ruin the seriousness of some characters like Daredevil. Because truthfully, the funny, did, the comedy in this episode didn't really do it for me. But I don't want Daredevil to become a comedy punching bag. Yeah, Ryan. What? Um. You forgot to mention Frogman. Oh, yeah, sorry, Frogman. When he comes in, that will save the show. I am so excited for that. One of the first comics that I ever had was a Spider-Man comic. Oh, you're serious Frogman with the, the Frogman. the bad guy. You're serious about being excited. I actually I, yeah. I was being sarcastic. I'm not all that excited for Frogman, but I don't know Frogman. Well, the only reason I'm excited is because, again, one of the first comics I ever got as a child had Frogman as the person Spidey was fighting. Then you be excited for Frogman. That's more power to you. Uh, there's that, and I, I'm also gonna say, I, I I don't think that it was necessary to talk about uh, Captain America's uh, history. We can say okay. So if we're gonna talk about this, I had to crack open a Dr Pepper for this. Oh gosh, I very much disagree with the end credit scene of She Hulk. I disagree. And what I mean 
is that in the, in the scene, Hulk reveals to Jennifer Walters that Captain America lost his virginity in 1943 to a USO, USO girl. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, the USO girls are those like dancers that dance with him while he was doing the, the tour thing. Is that right? Uh, here, you know what? I'm actually going to look it up really quick. Just listen to me type. Or, or they were saying that he lost his virginity in 1943 during the war. Now, the couple possibilities I could think of were A, one of those backup dancer girls. B, uh, that female character that he kissed at that military base at one time and then Peggy caught him. Or just some random girl. A stewardess... Okay. Rogers lost his virginity to a stewardess in 1943 on a USO tour. That just... That doesn't sound like Steve Rogers. No, it it really doesn't. Steve Rogers, in my opinion, is not the kind of guy who just meets some random girl while on tour, hooks up with her, and then leaves. That's not... Steve Rogers wouldn't have been, wouldn't have done that when he was small, and then the whole idea of Captain America is that he is still the same person inside, even when he got all big and handsome. So he wouldn't do it when he was all big and handsome. And his his whole thing is that he is really dedicated to Peggy. Yeah, even I mean, so much as as far as I'm aware, the only two other people that he kissed were uh, Natasha when they were undercover, you know, in, yep. uh, in Winter Soldier, and Sharon Carter. That one time after Civil War, and then they left and split up for seven years, basically. Yeah. So, uh... I am I am still of the opinion that his first time was with Peggy when he went back in time and got his happily ever after. I think it fits his character more that he was more willing to let that part of his life wither and die without experiencing it. And instead focusing on, A, saving the world as an Avenger, and then, B, when the opportunity did come that he could get his happy ever after with the girl that he wanted to have it with, he saved it for her. I think that fits Steve Rogers better. Not to mention the whole uh, waiting for the right partner line in Captain America, the first Avenger. I know that they're alluding to, or they're saying it's about dancing, but it's very much alluding to something else. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's waiting to be with his perfect dance partner, and that is Peggy. Now, I saw some some uh, comment. It was like, well, what if Bruce just got it a little bit wrong, and Steve, and it's actually old Steve who told him this, that he lost his virginity in 1943, but that was actually when Steve went back in time to be with Peggy. I don't know. I think that's a, it's a lot of it's it, it's a stretch. speculation. It's a stretch because at 1943 he he didn't do all this Captain America stuff yet. So when he goes back in time, it's not to 1943. It would have been after that version of Cap went into the ice. So it's I I don't think that theory holds any water, and I don't like the. I guess, quote-unquote, canon explanation that he lost it in some random fling to some random girl in 1943. I don't buy it. I don't like it. Whatever. It is what it is. But, but... I disagree with it. If, if you don't see you. it, if you don't see it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. Like, we saw, or we, quote, saw Kingpin get shot in the head at the end of Hawkeye, and it alludes that he is dead. We 
no, he's not dead, obviously. So if you don't necessarily see it on screen, don't take it word for word because truths can be stretched, lies can be told. I don't think Cap yeah, when I was in sixth grade, a uh, friend matters. When I was in sixth grade, a friend of mine said that he was at summer camp and made out with a girl underwater for like an hour straight. And I was like, "Dude, there's no well, way." Well, that you happened. Can... That was me. No, it was not you. This was a different friend. <laughs> Believe it or not, I have more than one. And I oh, was like, did. "Dude, that's impossible. You can't hold your breath that long." He obviously didn't hold his breath. She was breathing out while he was breathing in, so they just shared breath back and forth. Oh. That's how it works. So if it, it's pretty easy to <laughs> it's pretty easy to think that he was making up a story to impress his friends. Yes, and well, it, it could have just been Bruce just told Jennifer something just to please her, or he just was repeating some fake story that Cap said or Tony said or who knows. Yeah, well, and you know that Tony is obviously the most reputable person on Earth. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it very well could have been a story that Steve told Tony in confidence that, like, yeah, he didn't do it until, or he hasn't done it. And Tony's like, nah, you can't go around telling that story. Here's the real story. I'll tell everyone. They'll believe me. Then when he's building Hulk's bar, Tony's like, yeah, Steve lost his virginity in 1943 to some random girl because he's Captain America, obviously. And Bruce was just like, yeah, sure. That's more believable to me. But I uh, yeah, I would not be surprised if it was something along those lines. Are we ever actually going to find out? No. No, 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 no. But I think it was just a, a funny headline. And well, it was kind of funny when they they cut off her saying that Captain America Yeah. Who's, uh, I thought it was kind of funny. And every episode of She Hulk, it has been confirmed, will have a post credit scene. That's so good. I sincerely hope that everyone does not raise oh, I hope as not. much concern as this because yeah, if it does I, I, it'll be one of the most famous marvel shows of all time and not necessarily in a good way yeah but what would you give a she hulk episode one uh, out of 10 hulk smashes uh i don't know pretty average i'd say maybe like a six six and a half i was going to give it a six or a seven hulk uh, out of 10 hulk smashes yeah, that's, uh, we'll see. We'll see how the rest of the show goes. Right now, we're sitting at six and a half. We'll keep track of uh, where yeah. every episode is at so far, and uh, I don't know. I guess we could do an average right, at I the end. This. I will go up ooh, 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 ah. out of ten. There we go. I logged into our notes. Oh, now, perfect. Let's move on to the next thing. We'll try to make this fast because we're already getting it to like what 25, 26 minutes. Yeah, but you know it's so. Um, I guess we're. This is kind of our little. Uh, nerd news segment where we're going to talk about in particular two different nerd stories that we have for you right now we had some more but we're going to come just for time's sake the first one is this new report that i got that i saw yesterday and it's about D D. and i don't know who wouldn't have heard about D D. if you're if you're listening to us you know what D D is dungeons and dragons the world famous uh tabletop rpg fantasy game that is I, I, I want to say in part more famous now because of Stranger Things. Yeah, maybe. But anyways, so for those who have played D&D, they know that there are different versions of the game, different editions that have came out over time. D&D is like, I don't know, 50 plus years old. It's an old tabletop game. Every so often it gets uh, remade, remastered into a new edition. 
and Wizards of the Coast, which are the uh, publishing company that makes makes this game. Just recently, they announced that they are going to get rid of the edition setup format for D&D. And instead, what they are going to do is focus on an almost entirely virtual, online, evolving database for their next version of D&D. So when D&D, I suppose, Edition 6 comes out, I'm assuming what they're saying is that it's going to be the last version of D&D, and it's going to be an ever-evolving version of D&D. So every so often, they will tweak the rules, they will add new races in, they'll add new maps or new lore or new abilities or skills or backgrounds, and it will just kind of continually evolve based on their creative department, based on player input, based on, I want to say, professionals review, if you can call that there are professional D&D players. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, are you familiar with any Dungeons and Dragons podcasts look at the, I mean yes I'm aware of them but look at the adventure zone con- roll 20 cons- Dungeons and okay. Daddies what do you consider a professional D&D player it's not like it's a competition really okay well all of those that I just listed definitely for sure okay people who get paid big bucks to play a, a fantasy tabletop RPG game living the life that I wish I had I mean not even getting paid big I bucks I think anyone just I mean, getting, they're, paid they're getting paid at all to play D&D yeah, but that's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people who are rolling rolling bank statements off off D and D. I guess those are professionals. That's who I can. Anyways, so yeah, so there's just going to be this new version of D and D. Right now, what I was saying, it was, it's called like one D and D. That's kind of the version of the game that they are going with, and it's going to be completely online. It's going to be this program or website that has all the necessary programs and uh, additions built into it. So you can roll virtual dice, you can do all your character creation, they will have some kind of system or program where you can make 3D interactive virtual dungeons and maps. And they might even include a couple free dungeons and maps just so you can kind of get the feel of it and play through these test ones. And then it'll be a very rough, basic format to make your own i think that's really cool i think for people who aren't able to meet in person and play it traditionally this will be a great resource especially in the digital age it'll be great for me personally now i can't well i'm sure you too ryan but you've got friends up in that area so i moved away from the town i grew up in i'm currently living about 40 miles away from the small town yeah the small town we're at, at heart we're still small town nerds of course always yeah but it takes me over an hour to get to anyone to play Dungeons and Dragons with them. And it's, uh, yeah, something like this is definitely going to be nice. I know that there's existing stuff like Roll20, but mm-hmm. it's it's not the same. But yeah. this is officially from D&D. I think that it might be a little bit more of an immersive experience. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm definitely excited to give that a go. I think programs like Roll20 are part of the inspiration why Wizards of the Coast want to do this. Because these third-party programs are so popular and useful that Wizards of the Coast just want to make one ultimate D&D program that everyone can use, just has everything included, and will always be as up-to-date as possible. So I think it's going to be like part database, part dungeon creator, part character creator, part Roll20 RPG 
DM management system just all in one, and it'll be official. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, and if they're doing like a 3D world dungeon thing, I think that's something that they absolutely will at least try to do is make it available for you to upload custom STL files, which for anyone that doesn't know an STL is oh, basically I'm sure a, they it's will. a 3D object file. Yeah. Uh, so there's uh, companies out there like HeroForge.com. If you go on that website, you can custom design your own Dungeons & Dragons miniature and buy the uh, STL file for that. If you were able to upload it into the Dungeons & Dragons online game thing, I think there would be a lot of people that would be absolutely thrilled. They could even do a partnership with Hero Forge if they really wanted to. I mean, almost 100% you probably can do that because they had some, on the article I was reading, they had some Snapchats, Snapchats, snapshots of some, like, test footage or test images. And they had, like, miniature models interacting with this virtual dungeon that they made. Now, they weren't, like in motion or anything but that you can move your piece around and they were included in the world and they were scaled to size and i think it would be an awesome addition if you could make your own miniature on all these different websites and then include them in into the virtual world which i think is all being made on on what what's that new like software development thing someone uh, just is revving an engine outside something five yeah, something five, whatever is it, it is. Unity? No, not... it's not Unity five. Unreal. No. Unreal Engine five. Yes, I almost said Adobe five, and that's definitely not it. Yeah. So. But yeah, everything's being made on Unreal Engine five, so it's going to be absolutely gorgeous and super useful, and I'm super excited for it. Yeah, it'll be it'll be exciting. I love D and D, so. Yeah. Um, and oh, and when the D and D movie comes out, we're definitely going to be talking about that because that looks like a fun time. It looks fun. But I'm going to say right now, I don't think it looks good. No, I'm not saying that it looks uh, like a masterpiece either, but it looks fun. So I will at least see it to have a good time. But enough of that news source. The second news source that we have for you today, which is going to kind of jump into our main topic, is that the Percy Jackson Disney Plus TV show released a couple set photos. And when I saw it, it... I had some issues with it. So, Daniel, I don't know if you've looked at the link that I I included. Well, you know, of course, I did it doesn't work. So the yeah, I tried looking work. at um, so I'm I looking it up on my you. phone right now. Don't worry. Well, here. I Okay, never mind. Yep. You do that. You do that because you are more – it seems that you are more tech-savvy than I am. Obviously. But for you who can't see the, the images that we are looking at, it looks like – what's what's the I want to get the actors names right I know Walker Scobell is the act the young actor who is playing Percy and for his casting I thought that was brilliant I saw him in um the Adam project with Ryan with Ryan Reynolds I thought he was awesome in that I really enjoyed him I think he's a aspiring young actor that will do well as Percy now the other two casts um, I was less thrilled about. I don't know who they are. I'm sure they're talented actors. They just didn't represent what I had pictured as Grover and Annabeth. And I have since kind of come to terms with that and accepted that's what the author wanted. But then for whatever reason, these set photos got released. 
And those feelings came right back because in the show, are you guys ready for this momentum issue that I have? Percy is blonde. It, yeah, it's it's unacceptable. So unacceptable. Maybe a little bit of sarcasm there. But uh, yeah, so Percy's blonde. In the in the in the books, he's he has black hair, green eyes. That's his notable distinctions, right? And he's blonde. And when I first saw it, obviously I had a little bit of issue with it because that's not what I imagined Percy to be. That's not how Riordan, the author, wrote him to be. That's not how any official or unofficial art of him has been depicted. Well, I'm sure there's some unofficial art, but... Yeah, maybe that makes him blonde, but there's other blonde characters. Like, Annabeth is supposed to be blonde. She's not. And so it kind of leads me to my question, which is our main topic of... Well, it's kind of a two-part. The first part, when or how far does an author have the right to retroactively change their works and then b at what point is something an adaptation or an interpretation so i want us to cover the first part point first point first which is how far do you feel that an author has the ability or the right to go back and change their own work now I think that it really depends on the work being made. Uh, like the Maze Runner movies, I recently rewatched all of those, and uh, mm-hmm. they're nothing like the books at all. The first one is kind of close, but the other two are basically yeah. the same in name alone. If they named it something else, you could definitely pan it off as an original story because yeah. that's what it is. So those so would definitely be more so like interpretations. In, yeah, that's an interpretation. Uh, and I think so, an, a big part of that is I don't think that the author of those books, his name escapes me at the moment, uh, but I don't think that he actually had very much say mm-hmm. when it came to actually writing, filming, and directing the movie. Uh, but then there's another movie <coughs> uh, that I really like, Ready Player One. I, I See, I talked about it earlier. It's coming back. It's full circle, baby. Yeah. Uh, I just finished listening to that audiobook again. And it's fantastic. And it's one of my favorite books. I'll just say that. And the movie, mm-hmm. it's also a fun watch. It has the same core concept, but almost all of the like individual events that happen are changed so much that besides it being the same in name alone and of similar core concept, otherwise it's, it's almost unrecognizable. Uh, but I can't get too mad about that because the author of the book came back and helped to write the script. So it was still able to capture what he wanted to show and uh, the vibe that he was going for in yeah. the book. It still kind of got matched in the film. So it's a give and take sort of thing. It's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so I'm using the Percy Jackson example because it's recent and it's obvious of the changes they that they are making. And Riordan is wholly involved in this show. He he was involved in the casting. He was involved in the writing. He's involved in the storyboard and everything. He has his fingers in everything. And he has came out and said that these actors that they cast are exactly what he had in mind when he was writing these characters. And they are exactly what he wants 
to represent these characters. And then he also came out when when some people were asking about why Walker is still blonde and why Percy's going to be blonde. And all Riordan really said is, because he is, and that's how I want him to be. But if you and wanted I'm just him to wondering, be blonde, then why didn't you say that in the book? He was very obviously supposed to have black hair. And for whatever reason, they're just deciding not to. I'm not sure why not. Because it's not like it's a hard fix. It's called a wig. Um, Millie Bobby Brown wore a wig all the time. In Str- Everyone in Stranger Things wear wigs. They're not uncommon. You have millions of dollars to spend. Buy a wig or dye your hair. A lot of actors do that too. And I think uh, to the Percy Jackson movies, um, Alexandria, what's what's her name? I have no Daddario. idea. She was the actress who played Annabeth in the two movies. In the first movie, she was a brunette. A lot of fans were not happy about that because Annabeth is supposed to be blonde. So in the second movie, she was blonde. They fixed it. Now, there were so many things wrong with the other with the movies in general that the blonde, the hair color was the least of the worries. But they fixed that because that is not how the characters were written, and it was su- it's such an easy fix that you can do that just gives it that much more credibility. Yeah. And now I feel for this one, the author in this case is just saying. Don't care what I wrote. Appearances, at least for these characters, don't matter. It's judged purely based on who they are. And I hope that that gets translated properly to screen. Because I, I think I can I, I can forgive a blonde Percy if Percy is still Percy. Yeah. Now, I, I, I'm mostly the same way. Physically speaking, I don't care that much about the way a mm-hmm. character gets adapted. Like, uh, originally, Nick Fury in comics was white. Yeah. Now he's played by Sam L. Jackson. And it's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, in the new Batman movie, I don't know the actor's name, but the guy that played Commissioner Gordon. Commissioner Gordon yep. is supposed to be a white guy, and he, he was played by someone of African-American descent, and he did a great job. So really, mm-hmm. as long as the character, as long as the actor portrays the character in a way that yeah, works that's faithful well. to how the character is supposed to be. I don't care that much. Yeah. Uh, so for Percy Jackson, both Grover and Annabeth are also supposed to be white. In the show, neither of them are. Both actors are not of Caucasian descent, I suppose I'll say. Um, but from what Rick has said, they are both brilliant actors, um, and they're they both live the role of Annabeth and Grover. So as long as that gets translated properly and the core aspects of Percy Jackson, the show or the, the the books are translated faithfully, I think I can forgive the, the obvious um, appearance bias that I have because I have created these characters in my head and I know what I think they're supposed to look like. And then when they don't look that way, I, I think that's the same thing with like anything like if you read a book as a kid and then you reread it and you you have these visual imaginary versions of the characters in your head and then they make an adaptation doesn't matter who the actor is there's going to be a little part of you that's like well that's not how I depicted them in my head so for Percy Jackson instead of whatever the kid's name is yeah I know that you said it like 3 times already but I forgot Walker Walker Scoble Scobell how, how would you feel if instead of him it was uh they started this the production of this show earlier 
and they went with like a younger Finn Wolfhart. Ah, uh, I wouldn't have been opposed. I, I think. Obviously, you know they'd cut have to cut his hair. Yeah, but some things. I, I'm just trying to, to think of younger actors with like dark colored hair. And well, yeah, I don't know. I think. I think it's too early to really tell with Percy Jackson just because all we have are little um, set photos. We have set, set photos, photos and a cast announcement. That's basically yeah. it. Once uh, the trailers come out and maybe once the first season premieres, then I'll really be able to tell, like, yeah, these actors are Percy Grover and Annabeth, or no, I, Rick Riordan, the author, was just getting some PC points and doesn't know what he's talking about, and this show is terrible. So, we'll judge based on when we get there. But really, one show... Oh, okay. You go, you go. I was just going to ask really quick, how do you feel about like uh, characters that get gender-swapped for a movie? I, I, Again, I feel like that's lazy. See, now... I feel like character... I, I feel like character and race swaps, dependent on the character, can be lazy. If it's a way it that they just the want to introduce diversity into their film, I agree that it's That's not lazy. necessary. But if it's something where they want to try a new aspect for the character and mm-hmm. uh, whatever, as long as it works for this version, I can respect it. Well, I think I think a great example of that is Nick Fury. Like, Nick Fury in the comics was always just a white guy, and that's just how he was depicted. And Samuel L. Jackson is Nick Fury. There is no one who is a better Nick Fury than Samuel L. Jackson. That's just a fact. He is Nick Fury. And, in fact, the comics comics have changed to depict Nick Fury as Sam Jackson. Yeah, before... uh... Actually, that might have been reversed order. They They changed him to look like Sam Jackson first, I think. Yeah, I think that before Iron Man came out in 2008 i could be incorrect here i <coughs> haven't done the research since this is this is just something we're talking about but uh i do think that there were a couple iterations of the character that were uh changed from white to be black uh i, mm-hmm. I could be wrong but maybe they were just going for one of these more i, I don't even know what a, a different version of the character than the original yeah. white david hasselhoff looking guy yeah i find myself much more forgiving and not really caring about race swaps just because it 99 out of 100 cases it really makes no difference it's just an appearance thing um the gender swap i do tend to have more of an issue of just because there's no real reason why you do that yeah, it, it depends on the character. It depends on the movie. From yeah, time to if, time, if, it can get pulled off. But from my experience, a lot of the time, it doesn't. I don't want to get into too much detail on it because there's a lot of characters I that's can't a hot think of. Topic. What? I was saying that's a hot topic. Wait, we got to tread lightly. What, what? I don't even... Whatever. Around the whole race and gender swap. It's a hot topic. We got to tread lightly. I don't want to get into we it don't right want, now. We, there we are don't some... want to anger our three fans. Yeah, you're right. There's some examples where it does work. And I'm not mm-hmm. opposed to it happening, but I think uh, just in general, it's it, it's a dangerous place. In general, just but, um, create an adaption that make a good story. We'll say yeah. that. That's all. Going I care back about. to what going back to what we were talking about. So adaptations versus interpretations, right? I want to just briefly talk about the Rings of Power and uh, how that really kind of shows the issues 
around adaptations versus interpretations. Go ahead. Because So, Rings of Power, all the trailers and everything we've gotten so far, it has made a lot of Tolkien loyal fans upset because they take a lot of liberty with the lore of Lord of the Rings and of Middle-earth. Some examples are just the appearance of certain characters, um, the fact that there are hobbits existing in the Second Age. Um, there are some characters who are doing some some events or uh, actions that aren't fitting with their character or don't make sense just with the timeline of said characters. Now, I haven't read books like The Cimmerillion or some of the other novels that Tolkien had released. And neither have the writers of the show. Obviously. But, um... um yeah, so there's just a lot of issues, and that kind of stems from this question, like, at what point is it no longer an adaptation, and rather it's just an interpretation of a famous work? And is that a... Do you find that that can be a problem? I... It's it's hard to say. Now, I, I haven't read the Lord of the Rings books. I haven't watched the movies in years, Ryan. Don't get mad at me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this isn't something that I think that I can really get too far into. But if you are trying to create an adaption, something that is a more digestible uh, medium for fans to digest, uh, instead, like a movie would be a lot easier for people to absorb than this old English book that. I, I have tried yes. reading. It's it's it, not it's, super It's a hard easy. book. Lord of the Rings is not an easy book to read. Yeah, so if you're read trying to ch- just make it easier for fans to digest, then yeah, being loyal to the lore and the source material is extremely important. But if you're just doing something like this for a cash grab, you, it, it, they just want to put Lord of the Rings on a fantasy. And I think that is part of the issue that i have with rings of power is that in all the advertisements it is saying lord of the rings rings of power it is advertising it as something that connects to lord of the rings which now the trilogy of movies i absolutely adore there are some of my favorite movies of all time adaptation wise not all that faithful i think a lot of diehard book fans will argue that the movies aren't that good because they are so loyal to the books I have both read the books and seen the movies. I love them both. I'm able to separate them them both and accept that the movies are different because it is an adaptation and they had to take liberties and change some things just to make it work in the medium of film. Some things just wouldn't have translated properly to film from the books. It just wouldn't have. It would have been weird or would have been too expensive or would have just made things run improperly so there are some liberties you have to take for in my opinion the betterment of switching medium now what they're doing with rings of power and i'll go to the point that there are hobbits present in a time period where tolkien never mentioned hobbits i find that to just be the showrunners and the studio being like oh everyone loves hobbits Let's just put hobbits in there. It's never said that they don't exist. It just doesn't say that they do. 
but everyone loves hobbits everyone recognizes hobbits so we're going to put them in there and that's going to interest people and make it obvious that this is connected to lord of the rings i think that's lazy i think it's doing a disservice to both the original uh films and the books and i don't appreciate it yep uh the only other thing that i can really say not because i know for sure any of the lore but i read something about it online uh there is a character i don't know how prominent of a role she will have in the series but it is a dwarf woman uh that is black and i know that there are a lot of people out there that are having issues with it just because Mm -hmm. dwarves live in mountains and underground they wouldn't have the mutation to have uh darker colored skin the the melanin is that the uh the skin chemical thing yep well, there's also black elves, too, depicted in the show. Yeah, now, I don't know anything about the lore, so I really have no right to say anything, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, I'm just not the person yeah. to ask here. My, my knowledge of the lore is not as up-to-date as maybe it once was, um, so I can't really talk about why there shouldn't be black dwarves or black elves, but what I can say is that female dwarves 100% should have a beard. There's no reason why she doesn't have a beard because it was said explicitly in Lord of the Rings that female dwarves have beards. Gimli said it. Now, if you're just going to say maybe that was only a line in the in the movies, even so, you're depicting it as being connected to the movies. So stay consistent and put beards on your female dwarves. Come on. We're, we're talking about dwarves here. They don't need to look like human el- or human women they're dwarves yeah put beards on them and the other the other thing is that um a lot of the elves in the new show have short hair and i watched a very interesting video where he broke down the reason why in lord of the rings and in tolkien's work elves are supposed to have long hair and it's this whole thing about elves are supposed to be ethereal and they're not supposed to look like humans they're not like D&D elves where they're just a separate humanoid race. They are something totally different. They are magical. They are practically immortal. They don't abide to normal laws of nature like Legolas walks on snow and can jump up falling rocks to get up on onto a crumbling bridge. That's not physically possible. The laws of phys- physics don't work that way, but yet elves can do that because they are elves. There is no reason why elves would have short hair, especially not for practicality reasons, because they're elves. They don't they don't need to abide by those those laws of nature or uh, answer to those constraints. And there was some other thing that elves like they th- uh, tie their bows or they string their bows with their own hair, and that's what makes elven bows so powerful. Hmm. And I don't know. There's a lot of really nerdy stuff. And there's a lot of issues with Rings of Power. Yeah. So, look, we're getting really up there in time, so I'm just going to quick say before we're done. There is nothing wrong with making white characters black or black characters white or mixing races of any kind, swapping genders. As long as you produce a good story, I do not care. Yeah. It's, It's more so the reasoning why you're doing it. Exactly. It's not that you're doing it, it's the reasoning why behind and real quick, uh, House of the Dragon, there's a character, Corlys Valerion. He's a very important character. That Their whole house was race-swapped. Some people have an issue with it. I have no problem because th- 
they just did it because the actor was really good so they had to fix everything else to just match it would it would be kind of weird if he was the only one who was different in his family when it's an entire bloodline i have no problem with it i love the character i love the actor he's going to do a great job now if they just randomly did it with no explanation and no reasoning and he was the only one who was different because he's a main character that would have been a little weird yeah whatever just make a good story and make your decisions make sense in yeah. the story and this this is not to say that all interpretations are bad i think the entirety of the mcu are all interpretations of the comics and we love a majority of the mcu majority yeah and this is is also not to say that all adaptations are good because as i said depending on who you ask the lord of the rings movies are really bad so i think it's how you do it yeah anyways uh Sorry for getting really uh, into <sighs> all that. Uh, but, hey, thanks for listening. Uh, sorry you sat through it. If you did sit through it, thank you again. Uh, I'd like to say thank you to the I Fight Dragons group for the use of our theme song, The Geeks Will Inherit the Earth. It's off the album Kaboom. It is a great song, great album. They make good music all around. Just check them out if you haven't already. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Small Town Nerds. No spaces, and it's spelt exactly how you would expect it to be spelt. If you want to reach out to us for any reason, you can do so on our email, which is sttpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, whenever you send something out, either Ryan or I, most likely me, uh, will try to respond to you within 24 hours. Uh, Ryan, is there anything that I missed there? Yeah, you can actually follow Daniel home from his place of work. I'll dox him in the description down below. Make sure you do that. Right. No, I'm the one that posts stuff. You can't do that. Yes, I can. Ryan, do you even know what my current address is? Uh, No, but that's all for today. Thank you all for watching or listening. Uh, Goodbye. Okay, bye. <laughs>